All right, back again for another Cash Betty podcast. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the NFL draft as it is a week from tomorrow. Uh, it's the only thing really looking forward to is with this quarantine, everyone being stuck at home. It's been kind of brutal. Um, but I'm going to go over the offensive players in tonight's podcast. Um, I've had a lot of time, you know, with the quarantine. I've done a lot of film studying, and I can give my thoughts on, you know, each position. Uh, I've done more studying than I've ever done, you know, with this quarantine being stuck at home. So let's start with the quarterback position. I'm going to have Joe Burrow number one. Obviously, that's pretty much what everyone else is going to have. I think he reminds me a lot of Tony Romo. And I think he's going to be a better version of Tony Romo. He's got that, you know, just that little wiggle in the pocket, little slide step that he does to buy extra time. And he's always looking downfield. I think he's a very poised, very smart quarterback. He has great anticipation, great accuracy. Excuse me. And you need that in the NFL. You don't need like a big boy arm. He doesn't have, you know, Jeff George or Matthew Stafford or John Elway type of arm. But you don't need that type of arm. It's better to have the accuracy, the poise, and the anticipation that he has. And I think he's going to be really good. I think the Bengals, you know, are going to have a much better offensive line with Jonah Williams coming back. The center's coming back for them. I think the kid from Ohio State. They'll probably draft another offensive lineman maybe in the second round. Give him protection. If you give, you know, Burrow, you know, as long as the offensive line isn't terrible, I think he's going to have success, even in Cincinnati. I think, you know... I would feel very comfortable if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals drafting him. He's as good as a prospect as you're going to get, you know, as the quarterback position. And like I said, he he reminds me of Romo. Buying time, he can make plays with his feet. He's really good on third downs. I try to, when I study a quarterback, I like to look at the third downs. And, you know, third and sevens, third and eight, stuff like that. Are are they making plays on the, because those are the money downs. Those are the downs to extend the drives. It's easy to make a, play on second and three and run a play action and the guy's wide open. It's when it's third and seven, third and eight, and the defense knows you got a pass and they're they're coming after you. They're pinning their ears for a pass rush. Can you make big boy throws and big boy plays? And Joe Burrow's very good at that. Now a lot of people will question maybe, you know, one year wonder. I wouldn't worry too much about that. You got the coaching, you know, LSU the first year that he was there, I mean they were just running a nineteen ninety type of offense once they spread it out and used LSU's you know skilled players the receivers that they have Jefferson Marshall Chase and you know the running back Edwards Hilaire um once they used them you know better and benefited everything I mean that just made Joe Burrow look better but when you're just running it straight into the line and then running play action and and being a very vanilla offense well the quarterback's not going to look so good either so I think he will be a great pick for the Bengals. I would feel very comfortable if I'm the Bengals picking him. Uh, number two, I'm going to have Justin Herbert as the number two quarterback in the draft. And and the main reason, you know, I'll get to Tua next. But uh, Herbert's a lot better than I thought he was going to be. When I studied Herbert, um, or when I was coming in studying him, I didn't think he was as good as after studying him. And the reason why, you know, coming in, I didn't, I didn't have the highest expectations is I put a lot of money on um, uh, Oregon to make the playoffs, and they were 10 to 1. I mean, I didn't put a lot of money, but I put like 50 bucks or whatever. And just a lot of games, I was just like, Herbert's just not that good. You know, the offense 
really was a vanilla offense. I think if he's in a better offense, he's going to be better. But the offensive line was really good. So I, I said, dude, you got a running game. You got an offensive line. I don't really care how good your receivers are. You you should be better than, than you know, what I thought just watching it on TV. But then when you study him, when I went in and I studied him, he's better than I thought. I mean, he makes he makes some of the most tremendous throws. He's got he's got a huge arm. He could run. He could scramble. Um, he struggles a little bit on third downs. I mean, definitely compared to Burrow, he is not as poised. He is not as accurate. Uh, the concern I would have the most is his accuracy, and he kind of stares at times at one side of the field, like he'll he doesn't really go through his progressions that well. So as time goes on, I think he'll get better and better at that. But he when he sets his feet, he throws some of the most beautiful throws. Um, if he goes to an organization like to me. Herbert's going to be good if he gets good coaching. And I mean like offensive-minded coaches. Like if he goes to a Kyle Shanahan type of system, Gary Kubiak, I think that's going to be when he's at his best. You know, doing a bootleg, rolling out, using his feet. Even if he's in the shotgun, kind of roll him to the right. Roll him, you know, get him on the run. I think that's when he's at his best. When he's just in the shotgun looking at the field and reading a defense, I think he struggles at times. That could get better as time goes on. And I think he'll struggle his first year for sure, and everyone will be like, oh, he sucks. And I, But I think he could be one of those players that had, has a much better second and third season. Um, if he goes to Miami, he's probably going to be forced to play right away. If he goes to the Chargers, then Tyrod Taylor could probably play the first year, and, and then Herbert will probably have more success that way. So, well, even if he goes to Miami... He might not play the first year as well, but I think any team that picks him in the top 10, I would feel pretty good about it. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to feel that great about it with him, but I don't think he's someone that you could pass up and just say, oh, well, if you don't have a quarterback, I think you got to take him is kind of what I'm saying. As far as Tua, Tua goes, I would have Tua ranked next. The only reason why I have Tua below Herbert is just the injuries, and he's small. And, and Tua is a very hard evaluation he has four receivers that are going that he played in the two years that he played because he basically only played two seasons the four there's four receivers that are going to be most likely first rounder rugs and and judy are going to be first rounders this year waddle and smith most likely are going to be first rounders next year um irv smith the tight end last year he had him he was a second rounder the offensive line that he played with last year, he had Jonah Williams, who was a who was a first rounder last year. This year, you're going to get Jared Willis is going to be a first rounder, and then Leatherford or Leatherward, whatever his name is, who stayed, is probably going to be a first rounder next year. I've never seen a quarterback have more talent around him in college football than Tua has. So it, it is a little concerning. Because guys are wide open when he throws the ball. And he gets great protection. Um, he's not really in third and longs. Like, Herbert's in third and longs a lot more than he is. It He's kind of... the the Alabama was always kind of like a head in the chains. And he does a lot of second down throws. I've kind of noticed on Tua. Or it seemed like. At least for the games that I studied. And when you're throwing on first and second down, it's much easier than just throwing on third, third and seven, third and eights, you know. 
So I think you add that with his the history of his injuries, and I don't. I think he'll be healthy enough to play this year, like right away. It's just a concern that he continues to get hurt. He's only missed like a few games. I think it's only two, but he's always banged up. And he, and you can see when he gets hit a lot, he kind of is wincing a lot. He's not that big. He is short. Um, a lot of people are comparing him to Drew Brees. I would compare him to Steve Young. You know, he's got he's got um, he can escape the pocket really well. Like he scrambles to buy time a lot of times too. He's not just scrambling to to run. A lot of times, like a guy like Lamar Jackson, if the first guy's not open, he just tries to run. Two is more, you know, sitting there, and he he's trying to let the play, you know, see if the next guy's open, go through the progression. But I would I would be concerned taking Tua. Um, with that said, I think he's going to be a, like a boomer bust, just injury-wise. Um, he could be you know, a fantastic football player. I think you got to take him if you're in the top 10 and you need a quarterback. But I I don't have the medicals on that. Now, Jordan Love, at first I kind of liked him. And then someone DM'd me and said, well, watch these three games. I I forget what games they were. Uh, I think one of them was Air Force and one of them was, I forget. And I kind of faded on him. I would have him number four. I mean, he's got a really big arm. He makes some of the most craziest plays. Like, you just watch him. He gives you a lot of wow plays. I don't think Tua and Burrow give you so many wow plays compared to Herbert and Love. But they're more consistent. And Love is just all over the place. There's times where you're just like, oh, Jesus. Like, it's really bad. And then there's times he just makes great plays. So, he's almost like, you know, a basketball player that's a scorer. And he's having an off night or a good night. So, it's... It's very inconsistent with Jordan Love. At first, I thought he was worthy of like a top 15 pick. I don't think he is anymore. I would I would see... I, I probably wouldn't take him in the first round, to be honest with you. I, I, I see him more as a second round player. Um, I wouldn't waste, you know, a first rounder on him. Now, if a, if a good organization like Green Bay or if New Orleans gets him then he's not going to have to play the first year at all. And he can learn under, under you know, a first ballot Hall of Famer in Breeze or Rodgers. Then he has a chance, in my opinion. But if he goes to, like, like if he goes to Jacksonville at 20 or if he goes to the Raiders at 19, I think he's going to struggle. So I think he's going to determine what organization I think he goes to. Um, the next guy is Jacob Eason, and he's very similar, in my opinion, to Jordan Love. And Jacob Eason has one of the best arms you're going to see. It's just all over the place. I didn't study too much on him. I just kind of gave up. I think it was after like game three. It was just too many throws that you're just like, what are you doing? And too many misses. Just just too inconsistent. He does give you some wild plays here and there. And, you know, if someone's going to take him, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't study too much on him. The rest of the quarterbacks I never really even got into at all. So I wouldn't know anything on him. But that would be my top five. I'd go Burrow, I'd go Herbert, and to a very even kind of, it's more of, you want to go the conservative route, I'd, I'd go more of Herbert. If you want to go, you know, you want to gamble a little more, I would go Tua. But I do think Herbert and Tua are both worthy of top ten picks. Um, I think they're both worthy of top five picks. 
more so Herbert. I feel I if I was an organization, I'd feel more comfortable drafting Herbert in the top five than I would Tua. But I would feel pretty comfortable in both of them drafting him in the top ten. Um, let's move to the running back position. I'm going to go with J.K. Dobbins as my number one running back, running back from Ohio State. He's got great balance. Um, he has that real one cut. It's, you know that lower gravity that he has lower he just always is kind of going forward he's he's got big time speed like home run speed like he hits it man um catching the ball out of the backfield he has a couple drops there i would i would be a little concerned in that part and he doesn't have the greatest wiggles he doesn't you know shake guys off but he does sometimes like it's weird like sometimes you're like well why didn't you just you should have been able to juke that guy and then there's times that you see it, it you, I, I wish he would be a little more consistent in that part. I think he's the best back in the draft. Um, I wouldn't draft any of these running backs in the first 25 picks. After that, maybe. You know, but I think Dobbins is going to be a really good football player. If I had to give, you know, a, uh, a comparison, I would say Emmett Smith. Do I think he's going to be, you know, the all-time leading rusher or anything like that? No, but that... His style, his running style reminds me of Emmett Smith. Number two, I'd go DeAndre Swift from Georgia. Now, this guy, his biggest problem, and he's going to have a problem with this, in my opinion, is he tries to bounce everything to the outside. And it reminds me a lot of Reggie Bush when he was coming out at USC. And Swift has got Isaiah Wilson, and he's got Thomas as his tackle. So when he bounces stuff to the outside, a lot of times... Those two tackles are so good. Yeah, it, it, it'll work at times. And then I believe they have a guard who's going to get drafted uh, pretty high too. Georgia's offensive line was really good. But teams stacked the box because their offensive scheme is very vanilla. And everyone knows they're going to run. Well, Swift, I wish he would just lower his head a lot more and get those two three-yard runs instead of always trying to bounce everything to the outside. He doesn't break that many tackles. He is very smooth. And he... Uh, He's got he's got good vision, but he just it seems like he always wants to try to hit the home run, and and I wish he would try to get some singles and doubles here and there. Is kind of how I would value him. I wouldn't draft him, or I would I don't think I'd draft him in the first round. The the only one I would draft I think is late in the first round is Dobbins. Um, Swift can catch the ball in the backfield, and he does make people miss in the open field. Uh, I wish he had a little more speed. I don't, 40 times, I don't know. I'm just talking about watching on film. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I would put number three from LSU. Now, this guy is not going to be a workhorse running back. You're going to need another running back with him. The other two guys can take most of the carries and catch the ball out of the backfield. But Edwards-Hilaire is very good at catching the ball out of the backfield. That's, to me, where his game is going to be. I can see him catching 70 to 100 catches in his system. And... You know, give him 10, 15 carries a game, something like that. Or 10 carries a game, five catches, you know. 10 carries, seven catches type of stuff. But he's going to catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. He's very good at blocking, picking up the blitz. Uh, He's going to be your third down back for some team. And I think he can do a lot of damage. He's he's short, but he he runs hard. He runs, he'll, he'll, he could, you don't have to take him out inside the 10 like he's not just I don't know like a Ronnie Harmon back in the day you know catching the ball out of the backfield but he's not going to be a goal line back like he's good enough to be a goal line back 
And like I said, when he catches the ball out of the backfield, he can make people miss. I like him a lot. I think, you know, he's going to be really good. I like Cam Akers from Florida State. Um, he can almost do everything. The, re- the reason why Cam Akers, I think one of the reasons why people don't have him that high is Florida State's offensive line fucking sucked. And they've sucked the last couple years. This guy can do – I think this guy might might be the guy that we look back in the draft and say, Jesus, how did he go to the third round, whatever, late second, third round, fourth round, wherever he goes. Depend. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to know where running backs are going to go, but he could, he could be a starter and you could just have, you know, another running back that just gives him a breather type of other running back. But I like him blocking. I like him catching the ball in the backfield. I like him running. Inside, outside, he's got home run speed. He could do it all. I like him a lot. He probably, I probably should put him ahead of Edwards Hilaire because he could do a little bit more. But the way the game is going into this, you know, passing game, Edwards Hilaire, you know, is kind of more valuable maybe. And But I would say they're very even in my opinion. Um, next is, I got Jonathan Taylor. A lot of people have him as the number one or number two running back. He just fumbles too much for me. He fumbles too much. They don't throw to him. Um, He's got great speed. Uh, Usually a big back like him coming out of Wisconsin doesn't have much speed, but he's got great speed. Uh, He could hit home runs. But when you fumble as much as he has, I don't know the exact number, it's just so scary. How could I trust giving you the ball? Especially because the way he's a huge back, he's almost like Derrick Henry. You want to keep feeding him, keep feeding him, and wear someone down. He's going to be at his best getting more than 20 carries a game. So if he's going to get more than 20 carries a game, I'm going to be holding my breath as a, you know, coach that he's going to fumble. And I just, I just, it's hard for me to put him, you know, as one one of the best backs in the number one or number two running back. So I got him number five. I got A.J. Dillon number six. I like A.J. Dillon a lot. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Corey Dillon. Big running back, one cut. You know, he's always getting the extra yards. Um, you're not going to see too many, you know, shake and bake moves from him. His agility isn't that great, but he has great vision. And he has a, he always spins off of tackles. He's always getting that extra two, three yards. I like him a lot. I think he's going to be a great find for whatever team uses him. I think you could give him, he's going to be a workhorse. I don't think he's going to be a type of guy that gets the second contract. But the first the the rookie deal that he's going to have, if you kind of wear him down and just move on from that, then I think he's going to be successful whatever team he goes to. The other one I like is Zach Moss from Utah. The biggest concern I have on him is you know his forty. I think was in the wasn't a good forty, but he looks fast on film. He breaks a lot of tackles, very quick, can do everything. He just gets hurt a lot, so. If he could stay healthy, he's going to have a nice career. I like Zach Moss a lot, too. The running back class in general, I think, is really good. Um, I think you're going to get good value with all these picks. Uh, Jonathan Taylor would be my biggest concern because if, if you can't get rid of the fumbles, then I don't know where you, how you're going to be able to play. All right, let's move to the receiver position. Now, this position is stacked. I got 16 guys listed here. Um, the first three... Everyone kind of, you know, rankings are pretty equal. Uh, whatever order you have, I have Jerry Judy one, I have CD Lamb two, Henry Ruggs is three. Judy, he's got, 
he reminds me of Keenan Allen, a faster version of Keenan Allen. This is a pure route runner. I think he's going to catch 100 balls most of, you know, in his prime. Like, he, he, I wouldn't be surprised he has five, seven seasons where he has over 100 catches. If he goes, he could play inside, he could play outside. If he goes to a system that, you know, isn't like a running system and two-receiver set, then I think he's going to he's going to shine. I think if he goes to, you know, a passing system that's three receiver sets type of stuff, you know, he's going to put up big time numbers. Um I know some people are concerned with him that he doesn't he drops some passes here and there. I saw that a little bit concentration maybe, but the route running I don't see anyone that's even close to him route running in this draft. I mean, he's just a pure route runner, like I said, a Keenan Allen type. I, he's worthy of a top 15 pick, in my opinion. Uh, next is CeeDee Lamb. This is like the complete package receiver. He reminds me a lot of Hopkins. You know, big physical, could do the intermediate. And when he catches, after he catches the ball, dude, I mean, he's going to break a tackle. He's going to break a tackle. He's going to get more yards. Complete receiver can go up and get it. Going to be a stud. Doesn't matter what system he's going to be. You put him on the outside, inside, whatever. A lot, a lot of guys, you know, nowadays, they're putting you inside, too. Even if you're an outside receiver, they can put you inside, get a matchup they like. Obviously, I like C.D. Lamb a lot. Henry Ruggs is going to be one of those that all three of these, to me, could be number one receivers on any team or, you know, any team that's drafted them, a number one receiver type. The one thing is, it's kind of like, what type of receiver do you want? Do you want the route runner? You pick Judy. Do you want the complete kind of... You want Lamb. You want this burner like a, a hill on, on KC, then you want Ruggs. See, the thing with Ruggs is he is so damn fast, he's going to make safeties play off, and then that's going to leave stuff for everyone else. Your safeties aren't going to have to play off on Jerry Judy. They're going to be in the box. Your shooters aren't going to have to play off too much on CD Lamb. So Lamb and Judy aren't going to necessarily make the players around them as, as good. So their Lamb and Judy might put up better numbers than Ruggs in his career, but Ruggs might have more values. What I'm trying to say because what he could do, like the tight end or another possession receiver, is going to have so much more more room to operate because the safeties have to play so far back, and the corners are going to have to play back on Ruggs. It's going to so you know. In in that in that sense, Ruggs is very valuable in my opinion. Ruggs catches catches a quick slant and someone gives a bad angle, he's gone, dude. He is fucking gone. He's gonna be really good. The, the key for him is gonna be, you know, press coverage. You get a big corner who's physical. Can he get him off his route? That's gonna be the thing because Ruggs is pretty small. I like next. I got Denzel Mims from Baylor. This guy is a stud, absolute stud. Another guy worthy of a, of a first round pick in my opinion. I would consider him even in the top 20. The other three guys, to me, are all worthy of a top 15 pick. Uh, Mims, though, from Baylor, I, I know some people you know, started getting high on him a little while ago, but I'm very high on him. I think he's a poor man's A.J. Green. You throw it up in the air, go get it. He can run the whole route tree, the comeback, the out, in, everything. I love I like him a lot. Uh Justin Jefferson, I think he's gonna be like a slot receiver. You could put him outside a little bit. Great hands. Um 
can work the middle very well. He can block. Big enough, physical enough receiver. I like him as well. Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. Slot receiver that's going to catch a lot of passes. He's got great wiggle, great route running, great after after the catch. I mean, these receivers, all these guys are good. I think those six, even Jalen Rager, to me, from TCU, this is this is almost like a rugs type of player where he's just he's going to take the top off of the defense. Now Rager, I don't know how tall he is. He looks small, but he could go up and get the ball. He's got a lot of Steve Smith in 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 what I see from Jalen Rager. I mean, go up and get the ball. Can burner um, safeties are going to have to play off. You're going to give more room for your tight end slot receiver to work underneath. I think those seven are all worth worthy of uh, first round picks. Um, Next, number eight, I got Brian Edwards from South Carolina. Now, that might surprise some people. I think Brian Edwards is really good. He can run the slant very well, very physical, very good after the catch. Uh, his quarterback was not that good at South Carolina. Um, played against great competition, had success against Alabama, uh, Florida, stuff like that. I think he's really good. Uh, let's see who I got next. I got T. Higgins from Clemson. I think he's going to drop in the draft. I know a lot of people think he might be a first-rounder. I don't see him as a first-rounder. I see him as a late second-rounder, maybe even third-rounder. The rest of the guys I see as late second-rounders, early third. Not talent-wise. I mean, talent-wise, they could all be probably late first-rounders or early second-rounders. It's just that there's so many receivers that it's going to be hard to hard to get all of them, you know, Drafted probably where they usually should go. Higgins is he's tall. He's pretty big. He's just not that physical. The, the thing I noticed with him is when teams played man press and they had a really good corner on him, that got him off, off his route. And But I do like him on the jump balls and stuff like that, and he does have some speed. He might take some time maybe to bulk up a little bit and then learn to get off of you know physical corners. Um, Chavant from... Colorado, he's pretty good. He's really good after the catch, you know, catching little little um, receiver screens. I like him after that. KJ Hamler is a very tough evaluation for me. He's got great speed, but he's just so small. I mean, good punt returner, very good after the catch. I just he might struggle with man press in in the NFL. A really good corner could probably take Hamler out of his game. Um, but if he gets on a good team where he's the third receiver, I think Hamler's going to have a lot of success. If he's number one or number two, I think he's going to struggle big time. But if he's the number three, he's going to look really good, and then he might become a free agent and leave that team, and someone's going to be like, well, we paid him as a two, we got to make him as a two, and then he'll probably struggle there. I think Michael Pittman Jr. from USC Big physical. I think he's a really. He'll probably be a really good number two receiver. You don't want him as your number one. I don't see the route tree being able to. You know, he's not really sharp on his routes, but big physical again. Um, you could throw the ball up to him. I like Van Jefferson from Florida. This guy is a very good route runner. Can do all the routes. Um, he's. He's going to catch a lot of passes in someone's system. Someone's going to – I think he's had some injuries. I'm not quite sure on that. He's got great hands. 
Um, I like Chase Claypool from Notre Dame. You know, just to lob it up to him. He's got great speed. He kind of reminds me of Vincent Jackson. And then you got K.J. Hill and Ty- from Ohio State and Tyler Johnson. Again, but like that's 16 receivers that I think are all really good or pretty good or have a chance to be, you know. And, I mean, 16 receivers. Some of these guys are going to go in the third, maybe even in the fourth round. You're going to get great value with them. If I was a team, I wouldn't draft – well, the first four I would draft in the first round or the first 20, and then maybe Justin Jefferson, maybe five. But after that, I probably wouldn't take any in the second round and then take one in the third because I think they're very similar. So, I mean, you could almost, after the first four or five, I could say that number 16 is almost as good as number five in my opinion. So, I think the receiver class is pretty freaking loaded. As far as uh, the tight ends go, I didn't study any of them. I even got to offensive linemen this year because there were so many of them that, it, you know, I usually don't study offensive linemen. But this year I actually had fun studying because I always thought, like, oh, how am I, I don't know what I'm looking for. But it was fun watching him. And I think the first guy I would take is Jared, Jedrick Willis from, from Alabama. I think he's the best offensive tackle. And the reason why I like him so much is his feet. His feet are so smooth, dude. He is so smooth. It's so quick. He almost looks like a tight end. Like, you know, and at that size, to be able to move your feet like that, he is going to stay in front of guys. He's not bullying anyone. He's not mauling anyone down. He's not just dominating anyone. But he is just staying in front. And he's very, he has great technique. He must have great technique. I mean, I don't know exactly what technique I'm looking for there. But it's just... It's almost like he's dancing in front of you, dude, and just doing your move every single time. I mean, he, I think if I was a, a team, the first offensive tackle, I would take him. Uh, Tristan Wirfs, the kid from Iowa. Now, that's a mauler. I'd probably move him to guard because it looks like he's going to struggle against speed rushers. Uh, once he gets his hands on you, you're done. But if you just move him at guard and you got more help inside – and you're playing more against bigger guys instead of, you know, quicker, faster guys, I I think he'd be better there. I mean, he, he's the best run-blocking offensive lineman, in my opinion. But he could struggle at times, you know, with a – like a Vaughn Miller, I think, is going to give worse a lot of trouble. Now, Vaughn Miller is going to give a lot of people trouble, but I think he – Jared Willis, I, I would – I'd feel comfortable with Jared Willis blocking Vaughn Miller. But worse, I would I would be scared. Now Andrew Thomas, I think I would I would feel pretty good. Andrew Thomas blocking Von Miller. I think Andrew Thomas might be. I think all three of these guys are definitely worth top ten picks. I think Andrew Thomas might be the most complete because he's good at pass blocking and run blocking. Where Worse is probably much better at run blocking than he is pass blocking. And Willis to me is much better at pass blocking than run blocking. Um. Thomas is, is pretty complete there. He has a little bit of trouble against speed rushers, but nothing too concerning there. I like Josh Jones, the kid from Houston. Um, you know, same thing. I mean, I would, I'd feel comfortable drafting any of those guys in the top 15. McKee Becton from Louisville. I, I, the, you just watch him on film. He looks great and everything, and he's just mauling people, throwing them to the ground, and, and treating them like a ragdoll. But... My biggest concern is he already weighs 
370 pounds. And, you know, I've seen that with Aaron Gibson back in the day when the Lions drafted him. I think he weighed like 380, and like two years later, he weighed like 410. I mean, you get paid. If, if you're going to draft Becton, and two, three years from now, he's already like approaching 400 pounds, like you're going to be out of the league, dude. Like how many guys are 370 pounds? You know, he's if he gets to 380, how many good offensive tackles are at that size? You know, so I'd be concerned on that. It's just him eating himself out of the league. He gets down to 340, he's going to be really good. But I would be concerned. So that's more of like a, you got to check in on the player. And if you feel comfortable with it, fine. But I would be concerned on that one. Um, Zara Cleveland from Boise State is really good, in my opinion. Definitely worth the top 20 pick, top 25 pick, in my opinion. Um, he's, he is very similar to Jedrick Willis with his feet. Just stays right in front of you. He's got some some power in the run game blocking. I liked him a lot. And I remember I bet on uh, Florida State, Boise State early in the season. I had taken Florida State. And I kept saying to myself, Jesus Christ, Florida State was supposed to have a good defensive line. It was the first game of the year. I said, they were supposed to have a good defensive line. Uh, they can't get any pressure on this quarterback. And it was like a freshman quarterback. And I said, I remember all oh, when I do my draft you know, film study, I bet you they have a good offensive lineman. So then the rankings, you know, you know, whatever, Kuiper and all these guys come out with their rankings, Daniel, Jeremiah. And and I, I was like, Boise State has to have someone there. And then so, you know, they had Cleveland, and I looked him up, and, you know, he, he is good. I had a feeling they were going to have a guy that was going to get drafted in the first or second round because – they couldn't get any pressure that game, and then I watched other games, and he's he's good. I like him a lot. Austin Jackson, the kid from from USC, is pretty good in my opinion. I think he's going to take some time. He probably should have came back, uh, but he's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of athleticism. I think if you start him this year, I think he's going to get abused. But if you wait, you know, a year or two, so I wouldn't take him in the first round. I would take him in the second round and use him, you know. If your guy gets hurt, then you got to put him in there if you have a starter. But I wouldn't want to play him the first year, but I think he has a chance to be good as the years go on. So that's it for the for the for the offensive side. I'll do another one probably today or tomorrow for the defensive side. All right, fellas, till the next time. Good night.